Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Eric Chapman. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night radio show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right meow. The Big Lead on The Shift. I just saw a text from, or a tweet from a lovely man that I know. His name's Randy Janda. He works over at Sportsnet, and he works for Hockey Night in Punjabi, one of the announcers. And he tweeted this. I'll say this. If you're out there joking about NBA players for taking a stand or making comments like, did they end racism by sitting out a game? That attitude is part of the problem. They're using their platform for good and trying to force action. That is leadership, and that's a great point. NHL players followed the lead of the NBA players in delaying their playoffs in protest. The league is putting off playoffs, putting the playoffs on hold, sorry, for at least two days, including Game 3 of the Canucks-Vegas series, following the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. Jordan Armstrong reports live from downtown Vancouver. One day after NBA players decided not to play as an act of solidarity and protest following the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, the NHL is now following their lead. The league is putting the playoffs on hold for at least the next two days, and that includes, of course, Game 3 of the Canucks Vegas series, that was supposed to happen tonight. Jordan Armstrong joins us now live with more from the Canucks and the reaction from fans. Jordan. Chris, we've been hearing the rumors pretty much all day, but it took until 3 o'clock this afternoon for the NHL and the Canucks to make it official. Here is the statement from the team. Quote, the Vancouver Canucks and Vegas Golden Knights players have elected not to play tonight's game in the name of equality and to protect protest against acts of racial injustice. The Canucks organization is 100% supportive. The decision emphasizes the importance of being an ally, moving the conversation forward and taking action. We have all worked hard to come together to play games, but this is a moment for all of us to take a stand. This is bigger than hockey. Black Lives Matter. Now, prior to 3 p.m., the NHL had been widely criticized for its response. The league had a moment of reflection Wednesday over racial injustice, but many believe that moment fell short. BC-born NHLer Evander Kane called out the league in a tweet earlier today, urging them to suspend playoff games. As we know, all NBA games were canceled Wednesday in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The 29-year-old black man was shot seven times by an officer during an arrest in Wisconsin Sunday. MLB and other leagues also canceled some of their games beginning Wednesday. We spoke this afternoon to some Canucks fans for their reaction. Here's what they told us. I'm fine with no game. I think it was the right thing to do for the league and for the, the Players Association. I think, like, in line with the basketball and other sports. I think that's great and it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's time that people should like come together in unity so then they should fight for something that they stand for. Oh, I, I think they're trying to make a change and it's a good thing. Uh, uh, however, uh, I mean, uh, how much of a change can they really make by post-gaming, uh, postponing a hockey game? It, it, I guess I'm with them. It's our home team and I'm good with that. Yeah, you think yes. they made the right call? Yes, I think so. So, no Canucks game three tonight. We expect they will take to the ice against Vegas on Saturday. Chris and Sophie, back to you. All right, thanks, Jordan. Again, how uh, that gentleman, however, how much can a change, how much of a change can be made by postponing a hockey game? Well, a lot. 
You don't, you don't, you don't. It's just because it's, you got to start somewhere. What are you just going to do, stand and do nothing? You got to start somewhere. And it's little things like this that gets us all on board. And guys like that will, in a, in a few weeks, I promise you, and this continues, he'll be like, you know what? Okay, I see it now. Because if you don't, something's wrong with you. <laughs> Today, the Hockey Diversity Alliance held a phone call with about 100 players to discuss what should be done next and decided to postpone tonight's games. Here's a report from Dave Woodward. After some harsh words from racialized players like Evander Kane and Matt Dumba that the NHL wasn't doing enough, the league has decided to postpone tonight's games in solidarity with the black community. They joined the NBA, who's also postponed tonight's playoff games, including the Raptors and Boston Celtics' second-round tilt. It's not just hockey and basketball that have put off games in protest either. It appears the Boston Red Sox have elected to boycott its game with the Toronto Blue Jays. Several other Major League Baseball teams are opting out of games as well. Many players see boycotting games as the best way to protest the shooting of Jacob Blake, considering many of them are playing in COVID-19 bubbles. Golden Knights winger Ryan Reeves commends his fellow players for showing their support. All these athletes in here to take a stand and say, you know what, we, we see the problem too and we stand behind you. I go to war with these guys, and I hate their guts on the ice, but I couldn't be more proud of these guys. It's, you know, the statement that they've made today is very powerful, especially coming from this league. And why this is important and why one game will help end racism, because so many kids look up to these athletes. And if so many kids are seeing athletes act and do these things, that's the positive influence we need, which will then start a domino effect, and they will do the right thing. So this is a good thing. This is the start of it. Avalanche Center Nazim Kadri says the moment to enact change is now. As leaders with the NHL, you know, I think we have a unique opportunity to try to create sustainable change. And, you know, that's what this is all about. It's not just one or two guys. It's every single player being on the same page and, and sticking together. And morally and ethically, this is, you know, this is the right thing to do. Daily Hive sports editor Rob Williams. I mean, I tend to agree with, with Evander Kane that, that, that this can't just be an issue for um, the small minority of black players in the NHL. Um, you know, this is a, something as a society. I mean, we all or we all should be um, against racism and we all should be appalled um, at, you know, and disgusted at the Jacob Blake video that, that, that we saw and, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's one of the things and I think Ryan Reeves said it really well. Ryan Reeves of the, of the Vegas Golden Knights said it really well that, that, um, you know, he was contacted by white players um, across the league today. Um, and that really got the ball rolling um, for the decision to not play today. So I think that, yeah, it, yeah, it has to be everyone. It has to be everyone. Everybody's got to get involved. It's just like the opioid crisis. It's all, all these big issues that we have, especially racism, is everybody has to get involved. It's like wearing a mask. Everybody has to wear a mask because if that one person doesn't wear the mask, then it just ruins everything. So there's no point. That's wrong. That's the wrong thing to say. There is a point. But you get my point. <laughs> I made sense there, I swear. What do you think? 877-399-9898. Uh, I've got a text here. Wouldn't it be better if everyone in North America refused to go to work for two days? Everyone, big hairy deal if sports teams don't play, but the entire continent didn't go to work. That would be a big deal. That would be an excellent deal. I would do that. I'd stay home from work for a month if it meant that black and indigenous men weren't killed or had their land stolen from them again. 
But no, it is a big hairy deal if sports teams don't play. They're leading. They're taking action and they're showing the way. They're doing good leadership, like um, Randeep Janda said. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay with your wife spending an hour a day getting your disgusting six-foot mohawk to stand erect? <laughs> uh, I mean, it is, it is love. It is. It was a great line. I enjoyed writing, reading it. Um, it. It's love. I mean, she loves them. An hour a day. An hour. A minimum of six cans of hairspray they use. Well, that's bad for the environment. Yeah, but, right. Uh, I guess that's the only... Thing that I'm not okay with, but I'm t- I'm cool with the disgusting six foot mohawk. I'm, oh, are you? And I'm cool with the Ugh. the bond, you know, between man and wife getting that mohawk this, up. The subservient wife forced to put the erect the hair. I did not say that. I would I would assume it's all out of love, man. It's all out of love. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of love. Yeah, Chris. Well, I I mostly put this in here for Medi because we had a conversation about the last time he cut us here. Um, last night, and so maybe it was a fashion a fashion idea to get get into his head. Um, <laughs> oh, you want Matt to get a mohawk? Oh, I would dig that. I wouldn't maybe, do your. Like, I wouldn't do it for you though, Matt. Oh, I wouldn't did, do it to myself. <laughs> would your wife do your hair for you every day? Like if I had a mohawk? Yeah. Uh, I think I would. Do, I would do it. She's probably she's got enough stuff to do. Well, that's see, and that's to my point. You this guy's a jerk. It. This guy's a jerk. You are a loving husband, Matt. You're like my wife is busy. I love her. I'll just do my stupid hair myself. Not I make my know. wife do it. Go ahead, Chris. It, sorry. I don't know if he can reach that high. Did you watch the video? I did. Here, here. Let's let's play this for him, and we'll chat some more. Oh, I feel oh, like I, a champion yeah. to hold the Guinness World Record title for the tallest full mohawk. Getting on his motorcycle, driving away. It takes there. about an hour. If I have my hairdresser there and uh, a crew of people to help me. It's a pretty quick process from start to finish when it's down, straightened, and fully standing up. My name is Joe Grismore. I'm from Park Rapids, Minnesota, USA. I currently hold the Guinness World Record title for the tallest full mohawk. Uh, if it's my wife doing it and it's just her and I, uh, without ratting it down and everything, it probably takes an hour and a half, hour I think, half. to get it to stand. Oh. I love his hair long. Liar. I love his hair up in a... Full no. Mohican Mohawk. Very no. sexy. No, it's not. No. It's gross. <laughs> it's grosser than last night. It is gross. Okay, I'm just going to stop that because it's just... The, the worst part about this is it's six feet tall and he... <laughs> it keeps flopping over. Well, watching this clown... Sorry. Watching this guy try to get out his front door is hilarious because he's got to like squat down on his knees but keep his head up so he's like trying to balance and then his dog comes up and tries to lick his face it's two <laughs> hours to wash this hair and when they got married salt water damaged his hair in aruba so they had to cut it all off i'm not okay with this cut your <sighs> hair cut your hair and stop polluting with so much hairspray like how much six minimally six cans of hairspray and when they first started doing six cans didn't even work. They had to use other product. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do what you want, but I'm not, I'm not, okay, I'm with not okay with it at all. Okay, let's, we can do this one quick. We just can't play the audio. It's an are you okay double whammy. Are you okay with retrieving a, retrieving a phone from a long drop? And then are you okay, okay with using said phone? So a lady had no idea where she lost her phone. It fell into the outhouse. The outhouse serviceman found it and returned it to her. So the question is, 
would you use it? No. Hell no. Not enough disinfectant in the world. Keep it in the toilet. Oh, yeah. No, if, if, if it falls down the outhouse or the long drop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, then no, 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 no. All I can think about is this scene from Family Guy. Damn it. What happened? I dropped my phone in the toilet. I've done oh, this before. Oh, it's so cold and it's under everything. <laughs> you have? You went fishing for your... Not enough. No, 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 it was gone to me. It was dead to yeah, me. Yeah, good, good. See, that's why I respect you. I could not, I, I just don't think nah. I could put the phone to my ear ever again without feeling like poop is in my ear. A lot of poop. It was a, like a national park. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was one of those outhouse, ones where yeah. <laughs> it piles up. It wasn't just a little poop. It was like many people's poop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your, your New Zealand accent just killed that line right there. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Damn right they are. It's continuing mission. What, Captain? To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. Oh, I love it! To boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek and politics is so great. They work together to save the day for BC. I was perusing my nerdum. When was it? Yesterday? Yeah, sometime this week. I don't know. I'm very nerdy. I'm always nerding out. Um, and I came across an article on StarTrek.com. It is titled, How Star Trek May Have Saved British Columbia from COVID-19. Yes, Rob Cottingham. Star Trek is awesome, and he's the writer, and Rob loved writing about it and the province he lives in. I, uh, I'm one of these people who was 12 years old and bought all the James Blish adaptations of the original series before I even saw the TV shows. And Oh, wow. Like, I've been, yeah, if I'd known then that I was, uh, I was going to have the, the chance to actually... Well, first of all, that there'd be a web, such a thing as a website, but also that I'd uh, have the chance to write for it. I would have been pretty psyched. Oh, no kidding. That's awesome. Um, we'll get to the, the, the province of BC in Star Trek, but do you see um, Star Trek sprinkles of it throughout our culture kind of everywhere? Yeah, it's amazing how just little things like catchphrases uh, have suddenly, you know, they escaped the geek enclave maybe about 20 years ago and suddenly you know beam me up was a thing and uh and live long and prosper and vulcan salutes and uh then in the internet era you start seeing things like reaction gifs with data everywhere and i think there's just something about star trek that even for folks who are only kind of peripherally aware of it the ideas behind it have had a lot of currency with them yeah, um, I, I was reading today, just uh, looking up on some fresh Star Trek news, and I read that, uh, I believe his name is Dr. Mark Peters of the FDA. He dubbed the FDA's efforts to find COVID-19 vaccine Operation Warp Speed. So that's just another example of, <laughs> of it sprinkled through everything. 
Yep. Yeah, that's really awesome. Do you think yeah, we should... I mean, the... Go ahead, sorry. Go... I was just going to say that the metaphors that the show came up with uh, and the the ideas, you, you see them reflected in uh, in some of the technology that we take for granted today. Your your iPhone is basically a tricorder uh, mixed with the comm badge from the next generation. I mean, we're walking around with this 22nd, 23rd century technology today. And I think, you know, it's entirely possible that having seen it on TV, having had the chance to, to experience it firsthand uh, through storytelling, it helped inspire people to actually think along those lines and invent some of these technologies well even the fl- uh, the flip phone and the old tr- um, communicator from the original <laughs> star trek as well right you see it there that's so great I, but you said um even the ideologies and like starfleet's like the prime directive I, I i feel like there's a lot more that we can pull from star trek would you agree with that absolutely uh I, and i think the prime directive is an excellent example we have this I think newfound uh, humility when it comes to uh, thinking about cultures outside our own that wasn't necessarily really predominant even during the first episode, the first series with the original series, which coined the prime directive. Kirk was just violating it left, right and center. (laughs) But after that, it became much more of a thing and by the time Next Generation came around, Picard was taking it a lot more seriously. And I think it reflects a respect for perspectives that are different from the ones that uh, that we might hold. I think that's been valuable. I think, too, just more deeply, Star Trek has always had this idealistic and optimistic side to it. And right now, I think we really need a healthy dose of both of them. In dark and difficult times, with a lot of voices of division and hate finding traction, their uh, egalitarian and uh, inclusive point of view, I think that resonates today more than ever. Oh, you just blew my mind. That is an excellent point, Rob, with the whole uh, interaction between alien races and the Vulcans and stuff. Like, we can totally apply that to... That's wonderful. I really... That's what I love about Star Trek, again. And even, uh, like, to boldly go where no person, or I'll I'll change it to, to be politically correct, has gone before... I mean, that's kind of where we are right now, too, isn't it? It really is. Uh, we are in terra incognito. And, and in many ways, I think our imaginations have become more important than they ever have been. Uh, and imagination's a little like a muscle, and it gets stronger with use. So if you have been kind of working out with Star Trek, with science fiction, with fantasy, or any other kind of mind-boggling storytelling genre, then you're going to be in a better position to imagine how things could be. And there's a lot of re- research out there that suggests we're pretty bad leaving things until we've seen them or until we visualize them. So if you can imagine them, you're a step ahead of the game when it comes to actually acting, getting out ahead of things. Right. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And uh, like, I'll be honest, I got uh, the really expensive cable just so I could have CTV Sci-Fi channel so I can have a different Trek <laughs> every day and just watch all the time. Um, do you think now I, this in your article, I love this. Uh, you're making connections um, here that I love. Do you think that um, possibly Star Trek has helped uh, BC's NDP government in their decisions during this uh, COVID epidemic? 
Well, I love the thought that Premier Horgan and Bonnie Henry would be sitting down and over Zoom and maybe breaking out DVD players and binge watching episodes. I suspect nothing quite that conscious happened, but I do think that uh, with a premier who was immersed in this from an early age, then thinking in those terms of both of optimism and possibility, but also being able to visualize what a future that nobody has seen before could end up looking like. I think that that's part of what helped them uh, make the decision early on that they were going to have to act and they were going to have to act dramatically and in an unprecedented way. Right. And Premier John Horgan, he is a, he's a massive Trekkie, isn't he? Huge geek. Yeah. Huge geek. <laughs> you, Nerds rejoice. You go I into love his it. office. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's a framed photo of Starfleet captains and there's a plaque that says engage with the date that the premier and cabinet were, were sworn in. Uh, there are photos of him, you know, in uniform. He's uh, he's met the actor who played Sulu. He's uh, you you want a Star Trek reference from him? Uh, <laughs> he is probably the single biggest point source of them in all of British Columbia. Yeah, and 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 as I just yelled out, to interrupting you, I love that uh, we nerds have. Uh... We've come full circle, and it's beautiful, and I just can't get enough of it. And uh, you mentioned captains as well, and I love this too. His his favorite captain is Captain Janeway, and yeah. we have a similar mission, again, reference to Star Trek. Our mission is similar to Voyagers, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. I mean, they were thrown to the other side of the galaxy. They were trying to make their way back home through unknown territory and unknown dangers and they had to adapt and improvise we're doing the same thing and they had to contend with the Kazon and the borg and we're dealing with covid and conspiracy theories and we don't know how long it's going to take to get home and we don't always agree on how to get there but we're all in the same same starship and we recognize that and we're pulling together do you have a favorite captain i have to ask it's Janeway as well. It is, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. It really is. Why? What, what, uh, what about her? That, that series. That, yeah, it's one of. I love the story. That's my definitely favorite story of all the Star Treks. But what else? What else about? What else about it grabs you? Uh, it's her pragmatism combined with compassion, and it's the fact. Uh, in some ways, I've, I find her the most compelling character because she isn't always right. She. Oh has made some profound mistakes over the course of their return home, including the way that she sees artificial life forms, uh, like the doctor, uh, the way that she saw uh, Seven at first. Yeah. And she has come, there was an evolution that she had and a growth that she had where she was able to recognize that she needed to shift her perspective on the world and you know, we've all had those moments of realizing actually the way I saw the, the world and the way that people work it was too small and I have to expand it in some way and I have to accommodate a new perspective. And the way that she's done that I've uh, over the course of the series, I found tremendously inspiring. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because you take a Picard, for example, he might even be too perfect where the characters around him would show the flaws and things like that, whereas Janeway... She was vulnerable, and, and, and you make some great points there. Again, oh, I love this. This is fantastic. 
Um, thank you very much for your time, Rob. Awesome. Live long and prosper. Yeah. <laughs> right back at you, my friend. All the best. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> StarTrek.com if you want to read his article. Rob Cottingham. Great guy. Great chat. And so, like, nerd, nerd on the level of nerd that I've never nerded before with. It was wonderful. Janeway is the captain of my heart. No, no debate whatsoever. She is your captain. Yeah. I captain, mean, my captain. I mean, no one talks about Captain Archer too much. Enterprise, yeah. Scott Bakula. They should. But, um, yeah, Janeway, like, yeah, Rob really put it, like, her pragmatism mixed mm-hmm. with compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, her favorite beverage is black coffee. Coffee, coffee. Which is uh, my beverage of choice. Oh, black, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Picard, he was more of a Earl T. hot. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, which which is good, but that black coffee is going to get you through the uh, through the voyage, hundred <laughs> percent. Thank you, Captain Matt. I appreciate that. Chris, are you a Star Trek guy? No, you're a Star Wars uh, guy. No, you don't get involved in this. You're a Star I'm, Wars guy. No, and that's enough. I'm a coffee guy. I, I'm no, a I'm, coffee just, guy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell Matt that I um I tried. I went camping over the weekend and I tried the kicking horse for the first time. Oh, oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's yeah. nice to be here. Thank you for listening to the Shift Daily Podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.